0: How's it going, A's fans, and welcome to episode 149 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke, and on today's show, I'm going to go over an under-the-radar shortstop replacement that could make a lot of sense for the A's to pursue this winter. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give this as much time as I need to, so uh, maybe I'll get to the playoffs. Maybe I won't. I don't know. I, I haven't timed this out yet, so uh, maybe I'll talk about what happened in the ALCS and the NLCS if I have time. If not, uh, I'll give you guys scores and be like, hey, this is what to look out for on Thursday. Uh, so That's what uh, that's what we're doing today. Um, before I get into the show, though, please follow us on social media at A's on Twitter and Instagram. I am at ByJasonB on Twitter, and if you have any questions for us, please fill up that mailbag. We're doing mailbag on Friday and we recording tomorrow night, or tonight for you guys, uh, Thursday night that is, Uh, so send in your questions. I'm going to answer as many as I can get to, but you know, just keep them coming. I'll keep doing mailbags. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to be doing a lot of off-season talk in the coming weeks and months, so uh, yeah, get your questions in. You can send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. Also, if you've missed any episodes this week, I spent Monday and Tuesday talking about the rumors swirling around Billy Bean. And on Wednesday, I went over some of the non-tender and trade candidates for the A's this winter. So check out those ones as, as well while you're on the podcast feed. Uh, but. Let's get into it. Let's talk A shortstop options for 2021. I'm not going to go super in-depth. I'm going to talk about Marcus and then somebody else that's catching my eye that I want to talk about and bring to the fore, uh, just because I don't know when this player will sign. So uh, stick around to find out who I'm talking about. Um, so from what I'm reading from the Chronicle and The Athletic, it seems as though the A's really want to bring Marcus Simeon back on some sort of a contract. Uh, whether that's a free agent deal or they're going to maybe extend a qualifying offer his way uh, remains to be seen. Uh, I'm going to go over that here for you guys real quick. Um, If you're unfamiliar with what a qualifying offer is, it basically works out to a one-year deal with a fixed dollar figure. Uh, It's usually fairly high. Um, This year's figure is going to be 18.9 million dollars for 2021 that is a, a hefty contract number and that is why usually uh most free agents to be don't get offered a qualifying offer usually you see like a dozen maybe fewer maybe a couple more but uh n- not too many free agents to be offered a qualifying offer because who wants to pay you know middle reliever joe smith that's a person actually uh joe smith let's say uh who wants to pay joe smith $19 million to go pitch for him next year. They don't. They're going to let him hit free agency. But a player like Marcus Simeon, uh, obviously the Astros are definitely going to be offering George Springer one uh, come, you know, when whenever they exit from the postseason. Spoiler alert. Um, so He's somebody who would not take the con- the uh, the qualifying offer. George, George Springer, that is. But let's get right into Marcus here. Uh, and would the A's even extend Marcus Simeon a qualifying offer? And you know, another question is, would he accept the qualifying offer? Would he sign on with the A's for 2021 at $18.9 million? Uh, the A's have never had a player under contract for $18.9 million in a single season, according to Major League uh, MLB trade rumors, Major League Baseball trade rumors. Cat, <laughs> like I don't go to that site. Come on, Jason. Uh, So basically, honestly, I don't know that Marcus is going to be the guy that would get that contract. So I don't know that the A's would offer it to him um, just because he's he had that one really good year, but he's been kind of inconsistent. And then you throw on top of that the uncertainty of the revenues for ownership, uh, because, you know, ownership uh, and all of the the revenues coming in from the covid season. How much are they going to be willing to spend? Are they going to want to spend nearly 20 million dollars on a single player, especially with the way that the A's operate and, you know, construct their whole payroll. Do you want to have uh, him for that much? And then uh, you got Chris Davis at 16.25 and uh, Stephen Piscotti at seven and a quarter, I believe. That's uh, not quite half your, your payroll, but it's getting close for those three guys who... Could be made your contributors or they could be, you know, kind of okay. So uh, is that the way you want to go about that? I don't know. I don't know that the A's would offer Marcus the qualifying offer given that. But uh, let's say that they do offer it, though. I'm just going to play it out. Um, Would Marcus take the offer? He'd be forfeiting his first chance at free agency, and he's just one year removed from that MVP season in 2019. And while he wasn't great during the regular season in 2020, it was a shortened season. So how much of those statistics going to be playing into free agency this year? That's a big question mark. Uh, his bet also came alive in the ALDS against the Astros. So uh, maybe the optics on him are good enough that he could potentially cash in for a pretty decent amount this winter. Maybe not what he could have gotten after the 2019 season, but you know, a little bit better, maybe like a five-year $100 million or something like that. Um, That's actually kind of high, maybe like 5 and 85, I don't know. Uh, Maybe that's what he's looking at, as opposed to 1 and 20 and seeing what happens, Uh, because then he'd be risking injury. He could regress and be more like his every year but 2019 season. And uh, that would obviously cost him in free agency at, when he hit the market next offseason. So uh, these are all factors that he would definitely have to consider. And because of the risk that would be involved in accepting the offer, I don't know that he would accept the offer if the A's extended the qualifying offer to him. Um, so I think that he would, he's going to test the market. I think he's got enough going for him to have a pretty decent payout. Not a huge payout, but you know, a decent payout for somebody who plays on the A's and uh, you know hits free agency and all that stuff. I think that like that five year eighty five million dollars is a, a decent expectation for Marcus, if I'm being honest, and I don't think that the A's would pay him that. So uh, there's that. But real quick, let's get into if the A's extend the qualifying offer and he rejects the qualifying offer, what happens then? Uh, basically, the team that signs Marcus Simeon would give the A's a draft pick, and uh, its slot in the draft being determined by who signs him and for how much. If it's over, I think fifty million dollars, and he get then the A's get a certain kind of pick and uh if it's less than 50 i don't know that they get a pick um so yeah and if the team is getting revenue sharing so like if the pirates uh signed them for some reason whatsoever uh then the the pick is uh impacted by that as well so there's there's different factors but the a's would get a pick of some sort if he got that five for 85 or something like that uh basically it's the quality of the free agent dictates the pick that comes back. The, the better the free agent, the better the pick is layman's terms for how that goes. Um, I believe that's how that all works. And uh, it, it would definitely be in the top 100 picks uh, if I'm reading this correctly. And it has a chance to be in the top 40 picks. So uh, it, it'd be a decent return for Marcus. You, you didn't trade him. It, you waited until free agency and then you get a pick that, you know, hopefully comes to fruition here in the next few years. So basically, if I'm Marcus, I'm hitting free agency. That's what I think would be best for me and my family and how I could capitalize on the revenues that I feel that I deserve at this point after playing in the majors for not that much money, not as much money as you should have been getting this whole time. So uh, that's what I would do. But what I really wanted to talk about today is what happens if Simeon does hit free agency. And I think by that point, I don't think that the A's are going to be matching offers with other competing teams and uh, they'd have to probably start planning for a post Marcus Simeon life. And uh, I'm going to be talking about that here in the second half. So stay locked in with Locked On A's. I will be right back. Today's episode is brought to you guys by RockAuto.com. They are a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write it locked on in there. how did you hear about us box and let them know that we sent you. That is locked on two words by the way. Uh, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. Welcome back to Locked On A's podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe wherever you like podcasts. Also, please follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I am at ByJasonB on Twitter. And if you have any mailbag questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. It's not too late. I'm doing mailbags in like roughly 24 hours. From when I'm recording this, when you listen to this, it's going to be less than that time. So uh, get those in as soon as you can. And I will answer your questions this week. Um, All right. So let's get back into the episode here. Uh, One option that I feel like gets forgotten about in the shortstop free agent market is uh, a guy from Korea playing in the KBO. And that is Kim Ha Song. I I hope that I'm saying that right because I'm going to keep saying it that way. I'm gonna feel really bad if I'm saying it wrong, so uh, <laughs> fingers crossed. Uh, he's been playing for the Kiwoom Heroes of the KBO, or in the KBO. Uh, before the season started, I mentioned that he would likely get posted for you know free agency and all that stuff, and the rumor bill is suggesting that that will definitely happen this winter. Uh, he debuted in the KBO at age 18 and is currently 25, and is only available to be posted because he has played six KBO seasons. That's the rule. You got to play six years and then you can get posted, and since he debuted so young he's still fairly young right now he's 25 he's getting into that prime year those prime years and uh you know that's not bad so unlike Shohei Otani he is not going to be available for the major league minimum he is a full-fledged free agent so teams can pay whatever they want for him it's not gonna be hey we need to make this Mike Trout video for you to convince you to come it's gonna be like hey show me the money and uh then then we can talk and I know that I just quoted Jerry Maguire in talking about the A's, but stick with me. It'll make sense. Uh, for the season, he is hitting 310 with a 402 on base percentage and a 932 on base plus slugging. He has 28 home runs and has stolen 21 bases and has only been caught stealing twice. The big question is going to be can he hit in the big leagues? And I, I posted this article on our Twitter on, at Locked On A's uh, yesterday. So if, if you read the article, great. This will be. Look, there's still plenty of new information here for you to listen to, but uh, here's what the article is basically saying. Uh, they wrote up his projections, which was really interesting to me personally, because, you know, you can look at the stats and be like, oh, that's cool. But uh, KBO and, you know, the Major League Baseball, how does that uh, how do those two correlate? So they did a good job with that. And his projections for the 2021 season in Major League Baseball, they didn't give me any, uh, I assume it's for a full season. They didn't have plate appearances or anything like that, but they had him hitting 274 with a 343 on-base percentage with 23 home runs and 17 steals and an OPS plus of 117. That is 17% above league average. It is a solid shortstop option for the A's right there. He's also played third base, but I think that the A's got third base covered. So, uh, He's shortstop option for the A's. Um, The author of the Fangraphs piece, Dan Symborski, he had a little nugget towards the end, which uh, really, really called out to me. And that is, quote, pretty much every team that's near contention and without a good shortstop already should strongly consider Kim this offseason, end quote. And that just screams the A's right there because they're a team near contention that don't have a reliable shortstop. Enter Kim Ha-Sung. So yeah, I, I, I... Thought that that article is helpful. I'll post it in the show notes for you guys. Uh, and of course, there's also going to be the question of his defensive ability. And uh, the Fangraph's piece said, quote, there's no reason to believe it's lousy because uh, they don't really, oh, end quote over there as well. Uh, they don't necessarily trust the stats and the, the zips projections on those things that are kept, you know, in the minor leagues, let alone the KBO. So it's hard to project his defense based on the numbers and all that stuff. It's basically, you got to be a scout to know and uh, you know, and, So it wasn't a very helpful review on that one. So uh, to get to the bottom of this, what I did is I reached out to Daniel Kim, who is ESPN's KBO Insider. You may have heard him on some of the KBO broadcasts. He does great work. He's very excited about KBO Baseball, and I, I really enjoyed listening to him when I tune into KBO Baseball and all that stuff. So I reached out to him, and I asked him how he would rate uh, Kim Ha song's defense. He sent me over a video with his defensive highlights. I will also put that in the show notes, and uh, I have to say, it does give me some Carlos Correa vibes watching him play defense, and uh, I, I do want to note that I am not a scout. I do not scout for a living. I do this for a living at the moment. Um, So that is fun. But um, yeah, the way that he throws the baseball reminds me of Carlos Correa. Just the overhand strong looking throw, uh, it it screams him to me. Um, And so that said, a lot of the throws he was making seemed like they were just in the nick of time. So how strong is his arm really? I don't know. Maybe it's just the motion that looks like Carlos Correa but it could also be him taking his time and uh, not a matter of arm strength or not. Uh, So there's a lot at play there. And uh, without, you know, having a scout tell me, it's kind of hard to to know on that end. Um, But it did look like he had some pretty decent range at shortstop. He made a nice play at uh, third base that kind of reminded me of Matt Chapman. Uh, One of those sprawling diving plays and all that stuff. But just one more note on his arm. Again, not a scout, but just thinking this through as, you know, a baseball fan. Um, I know that it is a little bit concerning with him making all these throws just in the nick of time that major league baseball players are, I'm assuming a little bit faster than KBO players. So those, uh, those close plays could be a lot of safe calls if, uh, if he has the same arm coming over to, you know, major league baseball and all that stuff. So that's something that would concern me a little bit, but I'm sure that, uh, you know, The A's have a better scouting report than, you know, the three minutes of YouTube video that I saw. So uh, that's something to keep an eye on for sure. Um, He also, uh, Daniel Kim from ESPN, also gave me a couple of tidbits of information that I found very helpful. He believes that Kim, the baseball player, will be an impact player in Major League Baseball. And he is tough and very confident. That is a direct quote. Tough and very confident. I like that. And uh, I I want that. The second thing that Daniel Kim told me is that he is not sure how COVID is going to impact the offseason, but he's guessing that Kim Ha-sung gets a deal around $20 to $25 million. I think that that might be a little bit low, but that's just me not knowing anything. He knows more than I do, but it seems like for a player of this caliber, he would get more than that just just because that's how I view free agency. Maybe players from Korea are viewed a little bit differently. I'm not sure, but 20 to $25 million, is definitely in the A's price range, and I think that they could even afford double that, which is what Fangraph said. If a team got Kim Ha Sung for fifty million dollars, they would be overjoyed at that price range. So I'm not sure what he's going to be commanding, but it's probably going to be somewhere in that realm of possibilities. Uh, maybe even higher than fifty. I, I don't know, um, but I think that it's definitely something. If you're the A's, you have to look into because he could be a difference maker for you guys on the field, and. Uh, Also, they they said that since uh, the KBO is roughly between AA and AAA, uh, and with the numbers that he's been putting up in the KBO for the last six years, he's easily a top 100 prospect. That's awesome, and I think that with that prospect pedigree, and Those pretty solid scouting reports and the relatively low cost of acquisition, I wouldn't be mad if the A's made a big play for Kim Ha Song. Uh, I think that this is the kind of move that they kind of have to make. I mean, the free agent shortstops right now are uh, Marcus, obviously, uh, Didi Gregorius, and Angelton Simmons. Those are like the big three guys that are out there right now, and all of them are likely going to be getting more than $10 million a year. Maybe not Simmons, but you know, he'd still be in the eight range, and you can get uh, Kim Ha Song for probably a little bit less than that. Maybe uh, if uh, Daniel Kim is correct, four to five million dollars a year, that is not bad at all. Um, I, I think that they'd be that each of them would be making more money on an average annual value standpoint. So like a per year basis, it wouldn't be as long of a contract. So they'd have less team control over the player. But maybe that's something that they want to do if they're just laying and waiting, and hoping for a Nick Allen the next year or two. Maybe that's what they want to go with. But uh, I feel like you got to take a big risk if you if you want to get further in the playoffs. And uh, Kim Halsong sung could be that guy. So I think that he has a lot of upside with very limited risk. It's it's just money. They're not giving up any prospects or anything. I like this idea a lot. Uh, I will be saying that a lot during the soft season because everybody that I bring up will be like, I like this guy. If they don't get him, I'm going to be mad. Um, just because I get attached to players that I do research on. It's fun. Um, I, I also think that... If, they, if the A's did get Kim Ha-Song, it would be a new revenue stream that the A's could capitalize on and generate a little bit of extra revenue, utilizing the Korean market a little bit, um, and that would basically pay for his contract, you would think. Um, j- just saying, y- you know that our owner loves revenue streams and making money, so there's that. I just don't think that there's any reason that the A's shouldn't be going hard after Kim Ha-Song. And I know that the team has title hopes, and you want to eliminate as many risk factors as possible, but... I mean, if you look at the Tampa Bay Rays, right now they have talent, obviously, and they also have a rookie in Randy Rosarena who is easily their MVP of this offseason. And uh, did any of us know his name when he was traded from St. Louis to Tampa? No, we didn't. I didn't know his name until just a few weeks ago. I was like, oh, who's this guy? He's having having a grand old time. So sometimes you have to acquire talented players and then just let them go out there and be talented on a big stage. And I think that Kim Ha-sung, could be that talented guy that the A's don't have. He could be their Randy Rosarena uh, of the next few years. That'd be a lot of fun. So hopefully they go after him and uh, we get a bunch of rumors that are like, hey, he's going to wear green and gold. And that'd be great. Um, so I am roughly out of time. So uh, in summary, so just real quick, I'll go over the playoffs. Uh, the Astros won. They still suck. They're down three to one in the series. They're playing at like two o'clock, I think, on Thursday. And then uh, the Dodgers kick the crap out of the Braves at like 15 to one or two or some small number to some big number. Uh, the Dodgers seem like they're back They're starting Clayton Kershaw in Game 4. They're now down in the series 2-1. to one. They have a chance to tie it up on Thursday, and I think they're the night game, so 5 o'clock-ish. Uh, these are all guesses at this point. I didn't look them up because uh, I ran out of time, so I think check your local listings, you guys. <laughs> Anyways, that's going to be it for me. Um, Stay indoors, celebrate good times, Oakland. Keep wearing those masks. And we're doing mailbags tomorrow. So uh, send in your questions. Get those to me. And I'll uh, I'll answer those on air for Friday's show. So send them in to LockdownAthlex at gmail.com. Stay indoors, celebrate good times, and all that stuff. Uh, Bye.